Uh, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good whatever time it is you're listening to this. Uh, welcome to episode six of the What Am I Doing podcast. This week's episode is with comedian Chris Beatty, and it is a cracker. Um, um, I wanted to talk to Chris for a long time and get him on the podcast. Um, he was actually the first, he was the person emceeing my first ever stand-up show. So it was kind of nice to have like a bit of a full circle. And we chatted a little bit about that. Um, we chatted about like why you get in, or why he got into stand-up comedy, and the things that stopped him doing it. What took him so long? Um, well, it takes us all long, but how can how he builds it up in his head and it's this really big thing, something that he needed to overcome, and that if he didn't do it, he wouldn't be able to kind of forgive himself. And how eventually he did it and realized how you know these things that were in his head didn't exist as much and um, I can relate to that pretty hard when it comes to doing stand-up it took me a long time to do it and I was like oh why did it take, why did it take me so long to do this it wasn't in, this wasn't even that big of a deal um, so yeah also the motivating factor of being uh, funny then one of his his son's friends um, I feel that I feel that energy quite hard and we go into that a little bit of some of the motivating factors of what, what made you do stand-up and what kept you doing it um, and as Chris is a very, very, extremely talented um, person and a very funny comedian, so you can check Chris out. Um, he's actually headlining the show myself and Gavin put together out in Newtown. Um, that on the twenty first of August on a Friday. Um, tickets are available now on Event Finder, fifteen bucks. And Chris is headlining that. We got Jim Stanton MCing. Um, myself, Gav, obviously. Um, Jules Daniels, Advet, and um. I don't know if we've announced we have a special guest coming. Um, well, we hope. Uh, I don't know if it's confirmed, but look out for a special guest for that one. And, yeah, uh, Chris is doing the medicine this week on the 12th um, at the Powwow Room. Um, I'm also on that night, so anyone who's around, come check it out. And, yeah, look, it's a good one. And um, We're starting to roll a li- the podcast a little bit longer now. Um, we're starting to find my stride, you know, chatting with the guests, and I think we're getting... It seems like the, the the conversations are turning more longer form rather than the 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 original hour. Um, so this one runs about um an hour and twenty. I think we could have probably done another another two hours, <laughs> but um, um, unfortunately we still have nine to five jobs, and well, I do anyway. Chris is Chris is relief teaching, so uh, he did have to work the next day. So yeah, we both had jobs, so we had to c- cut it off pretty. Pretty early, nine o'clock for two dudes in their thirties is 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 kind of late. Um, so yeah, okay. Um, thank you for everyone who's been listening and liking, subscribing. Please do it more if you can. Share the episode and tell all your friends. Look, even if you don't like like the episodes, what I would like you to do is just like just have them playing in the background of your office. You don't even have to have the sound on. Just just get the views up. You know, if you work in an office where people don't lock their computers. Just go to there, go go, go <laughs> open up YouTube, type in the What Am I Doing podcast, play it on all their computers. They don't even have to know. Like just put it on like a a, a a tab that they won't see. Do that. Actually, I might do that when I go into work on Monday. And there's a lot of people in my office. If you could do that, you know, set up dummy accounts. Let's do it. Let's just get the word out there. Spread the word. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. All right, I'm going to shut up now, and you can listen to the episode. Cheers. Bye-bye.
So we're, 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 we are live. Well, no, we're not live. <laughs> I've got to stop saying we're live because that really confuses people. Um, we're recording. And I think, I think Bo- can you talk a little bit? Yeah, sure. That would be handy. Um, yeah, I think yeah. you're good. Your you're, you're level is quite good. When I talk, that goes orange. Yeah, so, uh, that's, what, that's apparently what we need. Right. It's apparently what we need. I don't know. Um, I'm still quite new to this. The podcast is called What Am I Doing? Yeah. Um, because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> and I've been left alone because my fiance is out having a dinner she regrets going to. Um, and she's left me to fend for myself. Yeah. And um, yeah. So and here you are with your, with this. Here, your little, what is that called? An eight track? It, no. No. What is an eight track? I've got no idea. I just saw <laughs> it. <No. Okay. laughs> that could be an eight okay. track. No, I think an eight, to me, the eight track is where you play cassettes from. Oh right, okay. Oh, so, uh, so you don't know what it is. So me saying what I think it is isn't really going to help. Yeah. No, no, exactly. No, <laughs> that's right. It's a double what? I don't know. Also, also, us talking about the mixer is very visual, and <laughs> we don't have a camera. <laughs> no. So if you could stop looking at the mixer, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> I'm more obsessed with my with yeah, my yeah, orange yeah, lights. No, you, don't worry about that. You're fine. Okay, I may have done too much preamble about the mixer, and now yeah. Chris can only focus on the mixer. <laughs> yeah, fascinated. Strong, strong start. Strong yeah. start. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Okay. Now look, that's we're in the room now. At least you yeah. can put your water on like the shelf there. I was worried about this t- the TV that people can't see. The TV the, again, uh, again, again. <laughs> we we, we are going to get video. We are, but I don't have enough subscribers because people are lazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll put that up here. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. For, uh, the ho- <laughs> for the viewers at home. For the viewers at home. For the viewers at home. I was going to call you Tim there. Chris has <laughs> <laughs> Chris has placed his water on the TV console, um, so it's he's worried that it was going to hurt the TV. Yeah. But we're not going to get too rambunctious. No, and let's not cover everything in the room. Hey, let's, let's we've, we've covered the A track. Covered, we've, we've covered the, the water. A track is not an A track. <laughs> <laughs> um, the massive TV. Yeah. Um, maybe that's good. I don't have video because then people would come to my house and steal things yeah um also it's not my tv so just you know just so people don't spill water on it is the well, i don't thing. care really <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, you know yeah. that, it, i had pe- I, I had people turn up saturday night and i don't answer the door <laughs> unless i know specifically it's for me so there's big rap on the door on saturday night and i was like no i'm not moving mm. like i've done my business and then another rap at the door, like twenty, like a loud, loud rap on the door. And I, okay, I go down. I was in my pajamas. It was half nine on a Saturday. Yeah. And these two guys turned up, and they had like bike helmets, and they're like, "Oh, we heard on a Discord server that we can get gear here." <laughs> and I was like, "No, <laughs> who? How? Who are you?" And I just, I just closed the door. That's apparently where p- kids are getting drugs now. On yeah. Discord servers. Right. I'm not fully sure what they are. Well, in the same way that I don't know what an 8-track is, I don't know what a Discord server is. Good. You're a great guest. Yeah. Most <laughs> <laughs> I don't know a lot. Uh, you don't know a lot, yeah. but we do. know about technology. Okay. What do you know about, Chris? What? Ask me anything. Um, <laughs> I know all the things. You know all the things. technology. Okay. I'd wha- like to just start by saying thanks for having me on your show and thank you for buying me Tim Tams and Choco Aid biscuits. 
Yeah, this is how we're going to get like guests on in, in future. I'm just going to bribe them with biscuits. Each guest gets a token gesture of something. Something, yeah. Nice. I haven't figured Mine's what that out is. I really need to figure out the spend <laughs> on what that's going to be because, yeah. you know, I'm still not making money on this. <laughs> um, which is You're which still is paying back the 8-track. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So we're, we're, we're getting in on the mixer. So because I don't do research... Mm. Um, <laughs> I, well, I'm not allowed to do research anymore for anything I purchase. <laughs> um, that's been that's that's been nullified. Yeah, I was allowed to do research for this mixture because I was like, it's my podcast, I'll do it. Yeah, and what I did was I googled what is the best podcast setup. How right? How can you go wrong? They're like, this is great for beginners. Fantastic. Now I got it. The first one I got <laughs> didn't have a USB port. And I was like, it's fine. I can just plug the mi- the, the microphone like into the laptop. Yeah. Now my, my 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 laptop doesn't have a microphone in, mm. so I couldn't use that mixer. No. So I bought this one, which has just the USB. It's all very simple. So idiots like me can't fuck it up. Right. So I looked at the an or, original like article I clicked into, and it was from 2016. Right. So that's oh, so that's already four years, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's why I'm not allowed to do my own research anymore. I see, right? You right, know, right, and yeah. that's part of you know being in a relationship is like these are my faults. Mm. <laughs> Can you work? Can you please <laughs> help me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Well, good on you for for giving it a go. I gave very it a go, a very bad go, um, yeah. but you know. What episode number is this? That's exciting. I'd like to just want to know what number I am. You, number six. Oh, nice. Number six. That's it's a good number. Yeah. I'll What's go your favorite number? Highest number on a dice. So ah. I'll, I'll take that. What's your favorite number? Gosh, what a question. You Genuinely, when I was a kid, my favorite number, for I, don't, I have no idea why, it was 266. That's I just liked the aesthetic of that number. I used to write it in my books. How about that? Two six six, lovely stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't got a favourite number. Uh, I haven't got a favourite number. Well, you do. Like, why do would I? it change? Well, I guess. Well, I, I, I can keep that one, but it never really lasted into adulthood. No. Two six six. That's probably a good thing. Just used to love that number. Like, what a number that was. What? Yeah. Where do where do you think you seen it first? I don't know. I just like, I just that's it. I maybe in a maybe I did some maths <laughs> and d- found they got got that answer. I just vividly remember. You know, like you, you remember the weirdest things, right? I couldn't. You know, you just remember the stuff. You just remember. You like just always stuck with me. You know. Yeah. There's a hard hitting stuff from Chris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've heard your podcast is like drugs and <laughs> all that. I'm like, yeah. yeah My favourite number one as a kid. We're talking about childhood arithmetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. I, I was such a child, I can't remember why it was my favourite number. <laughs> I can't go back to it anymore. Yeah. I, d- I, I feel a bit sad that I haven't got one. Maybe I need to have a real think. Mine, what I think again, mine as a child was seven. What is it now? David Beckham's number. Oh, oh, okay, fair enough. So that was like, that was my number. My favorite color was red. But again, I don't think it really was my favorite color. It's just because Man United were red. Oh, so I'm a Liverpool fan. My favorite color is red. And I did used to like nine because Ian Rush. Oh, Ian Rush. I was going to say Robbie Fowler. but A bit older than that. A bit older. Yeah, yeah. Although they did play together. 
Did they? Briefly, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not for long, but yeah. yeah. When he f- when Fowler came through, Rush was on his... On his, yeah, on his yeah. decline. He was my boyhood hero. Ian yeah? Rush. Yeah. Which is weird when you look at the guy. You, you don't look mustache. like he should be a boyhood. <laughs> no, he's not. No, <laughs> he looks like someone who could be arrested. It is so <laughs> funny looking like the eighties footballers, <laughs> and then like children yeah. used to like these people. <laughs> 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 they all looked like they'd murder someone. There's <laughs> that guy with a really high shorts <laughs> showing yeah, a lot of leg. <laughs> it's funny that like it was probably like the, the sport when he was at its most physical and. The outfits were just like they were wearing hot pants and really tight <laughs> small t-shirts, and they're just going yeah. out and murdering <laughs> each other on the pitch. Yeah, showing a lot of flesh as aiming points. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, like <laughs> you would have watched Vinnie Jones quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I, I remember you watched some of these compilations, like Vinnie Jones yeah. is worst. Like some of the tactics. Hey, Vinny, see number four. He's a good player. Yeah. Make sure he doesn't play anymore. And I think there's like 30 seconds into the game, he just goes over and like jackknifes him and it gets sent off. And you're like, did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the days. Were they though? 80s football. <laughs> no, yeah. I think, could you still stand in the stadiums in the 80s? Well, they put a ban on it, didn't they? In the, in the 90s. In the 90s, they, they stopped did that, it, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Hillsborough and all after that. Hillsborough, yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, you won. Th- you won anyway. You finally won. Do you care about football anymore? Oh, the thing? Good qu- you know. No. Well, y- yeah, kind of. I follow it, but it's so hard. When I first came here, I came here in t- oh. 2011, and I was down. I used to follow it really as much as I could, and I'd go to what's the bar called? The F- Four Kings? And I'd be there at three oh, in the yeah, morning yeah, yeah, watching yeah. FA Cup semi-finals, and I was really into it. And then just slowly and slowly, I just like I, I can't do this anymore. It's too much. And I still like like I love looking at results and who scored and where people are in league tables, and even that it's just it's just too hard. And so I got into rugby. I just started watching rugby because you can you can you know touch it, feel it. You it's can, there. Yeah, I I I went the opposite way. Um, I watched. I went to see the Phoenix play. Oh yeah, yeah. And they're they're trying, <laughs> like yeah, they're tr- it's n- like the football aside. What the fans are trying to do, I know. When they're like, like you're not singing anymore, yeah. and there's no one there because everyone has to fly eight hours from Australia to watch an away game. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like, of course they're not singing. Nobody's here. Yeah, yeah. It's so I went. Yeah, so what, I think like my first week I arrived, I went to see the Phoenix play. I was like, oh, I'll, maybe I'll get into football in New Zealand. And I went down, and the stadium was like a quarter full. And I yeah. thought, oh, I'll look around for the, them for kind of trying. But it's like you know when you've sensed when you've been able to watch the higher standard, it's harder to go and watch something that's not as yeah I, enough. I think I think it's it's. The expectation of going to a stadium that's huge, yeah, and it not being packed. I, I, I don't think the standard matters as much sometimes, but it's like the atmosphere is yeah. a hu- like watching the games now when there's no one in the stadium. Yes, is like it's. I, I was watching like a compilation of like some of the goals scored at the start of this season. Yeah, and then goals which are technically as good as the ones at the start of the season, but there's n- there's not that. Crowd reaction, right, right. They okay. just look, they look worse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they look worse because there's no one there. It's like yeah, you expect to hear the big cheer, and it's just like, oh, Dev, well done. <laughs> 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 it's like, but it's like because if you took the same crowd and 
put them in a smaller venue or wherever or a smaller uh, arena or whatever. Yeah. And then of course it would the atmosphere would be amazing because it would be it would be full and you'd have that you'd have that kind of feeling. Mm, but mm. It, yeah, you could. It, if you have ten thousand people in a thirty-five seater stadium, it it something. And there's always like two yeah. people who are just the furthest away <laughs> from everyone in the stadium, yeah. and you're like, why? How much? Why? Yeah. Why there? <laughs> well, I don't understand that. Yeah, it's 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 funny. It's just you you, yeah. you pe- people who clearly I think it's like you could get to pick your tickets before going. So we got oh these are the gold tickets. You know these will these will sell out. <laughs> <laughs> you just see these two people yeah. and the whole uh, under uh, having the whole stadium to themselves almost. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they like that feeling of being in a whole square of seats and I'm don't try just that in the middle when we're allowed yeah. to watch to, to go back to the stadium. Have you been again? to the Westpac to watch rugby when it's full? No, I okay. haven't. Uh, it's a great stadium when it's when it's full. It's I need to do that. Yeah, I need do to that. do that. Watch the All Blacks there. That's a, that's a good experience. Oh yeah, I only had to work one night when the All Blacks were here. Yeah, and that wasn't fun. I was working no. in a bar, and everyone was just getting trashed before the game. Yeah, I was like, no. Well, <laughs> maybe in five years, people can come to this country, <laughs> <laughs> and we can have it again. But yeah. Um. No. Well, look, we are getting crowds. The comedy, cr- the comedy, the comedy oh. scene is getting crowds. It's amazing. Oh yeah, Chris is a comedian, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do the laughs. Uh, yeah, I it's uh, brilliant at the moment. I'm really appreciating what we've got. Uh, everything you go to, there's a decent crowd. It's the best it's been. It's fantastic. And you, you how long have you been in the Wellington scene? You've been For just over three years. Just over three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I actually, before you came on, I watched um, uh, a set you did on Mic Drop. Mm, <laughs> yeah, I was five months into my career. Yeah. You see how hard I hold the mic? Uh, yeah. Oh, I've I, got like the tension in my arms. You I'm move like, a lot as well. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, the jokes were very good, but you're like, you could tell you had that like early start of just like, and I'm going to turn to the crowd now. And yes. I'm going to turn to the crowd now. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like, ah. I was clunky. I was clunky and I was full of tension. Um, but that's all right. I was very. It was one of the things where, like, they all, they asked me to do it. They'd obviously seen me do something that had gone quite well at, and they asked me to do it. And I was like, "Well, I can't say no because it felt like a real, like a bit of a badge of honor. Like, oh, yeah. I get to do this, and they film it and everything like that." So I was, you know, and then now I watch it. And I'm like, "Oh, shit, I probably, maybe I should have kind of just waited a little while and see if I can get on something a bit later." But it was still. It was still oh, I don't think so. Do. I think it's really. Like, I think it's, it's uh, like it's still really good. Oh, do you think? Oh, yeah, okay. no, it's still really good, but like it's, yeah. it's you know, you w- once you've done something, you watch it with a different eye, y- right? Yeah, you know, once yeah. you've when, once you're doing something for a while, I was like, oh, I remember when I used to do, mm. you know, those kind of things. When I w- you're early enough in the game, you're little, you're more nervous, and you're like, yeah, you haven't got your rhythm yet, and you haven't got your, you know, your your kind of presence on stage yet, yeah. And and you're still finding your voice, and you're still kind yeah. of figuring out what you, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's funny watching that and seeing you now, and just like how you can see all the the kernels of like what your act will turn out to be. Yeah, and you can you all see it there in that in that clip. Um, yeah, I don't do a lot of that stuff anymore. Interestingly, they they cut a fair bit of that out because I didn't want anything online with me uh, being because I was at the time I was teaching. Yeah, and I didn't really want like parents of the kids I taught listening to me swearing or talking about something so there's a few bits i asked them to edit out 
because I just like, oh, I didn't really want to like to have online content. I'm teaching this mum and dad seven year old <laughs> child, <laughs> and they go online and I'm talking. You know <laughs> what I mean? So I had to. I have to be re- even now. I'm still a bit aware you of you know, bit being aw- careful at what what's online about me. Yeah. Does that influence? What you write about and how you are on Not stage? Really, no, no, no. It, it just just what I what what I'll have online. I'm okay. just a little bit, just a little bit careful. Not 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 so much now, but I think back then when I was well involved in my teaching career, right. I just thought, yeah. I used to have this bit about is the bit. Did you see the bit about? Um, I used to do this bit. It's kind of. <laughs> It was about the avocado, the burger and the avocado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, used to, I used to do that. I used to do a different version of the kiwi burger. Okay. And I used to do a rude bit about the pineapple ring, <laughs> as you can imagine. So I just got to change that. That was the bit I kind of edited out. Because right. I was like, oh, something about talking about penetrating a pineapple ring <laughs> <laughs> that you just can't. <laughs> I didn't really want, you know. I yeah, I can to see that. Here. But I don't, think, I don't think your act is in any way like offensive or dirty i'm a pretty clean comedian you're very yeah, clean yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. you have that you've clean but you have a little bit of an edge yeah there's a small bit it's i think you need i think you need risk i think you need to have some kind of a little bit if you're too oh, i don't know maybe maybe people would disagree but i think if you're fog them yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think if you're too you've got to have yeah like you say you've got to have some edge you've got to have some grit you've got to have something that's a little bit yeah well it's like the you know you you your observation has to have a little bit of snap to it. You know, yeah. you, you can't you can't just all be clear cut. You have to have a little uh, a little grit or a little bit of oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think so. I think so. What's the? I've, I quite like the comedian George Carlin. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was one you of those comedians I got into after he died. <laughs> I yeah, didn't really I th- know much about him. And I was like, oh, I've watched a lot of him. And you know, he, he talked a lot about that. About you, you can't. You've got to make even uh, audience can't be too comfortable. It's got to no. be an element of. It's, and also, I think that's that's interesting because you think when you go into comedy, you're like, I just these people need to laugh all the time. So you you, uh, my experience is like try and tell you know do things that will make them laugh that are going to be funny that are silly Mm. and instead of sometimes it's okay for the audience to be uncomfortable and to build tension yes you know that whole thing the idea of building tension to get the laugh was extremely like foreign to me at the start like no no we they all have to have a good time yeah but you then you've got to kind of trick them with the you know you build the tension you yeah, you mask where you're going. Yeah, and I think if you're too nice out the gate, or you may fail at like learning to build. Yeah, or or, or I think you've got to be a very good commit. If you if you if you if you're completely inoffensive, I think you've got to be a very pr- very clever with what you do. Yeah, like Advait, I think who you've already spoke to. He he yeah. he's pretty clean. I mean, like he used to be even cleaner. You know, very like every subject matter was was quite. Yeah clean but he's so clever with his writing and his words that you just it's, go yeah how did you do that like <laughs> his jokes he could talk about fully formed yes yeah <laughs> he just knows how to how to write a joke and how yeah. to how to say something he, you know he, he could say something funny about buttercups in a, f- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in a field on a spring day and he would find a clever way to to do it yeah i know i hate watching yeah. that because i don't go fuck you yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why every time it comes out that? with a joke i'm like yeah ah oh, dude oh, come on <laughs> yeah give us a break like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. how do you do it and his catalog his repertoire is just 
I mean, he, he could. Uh, it feels like he's he could have a good six hours. He could I think so. Yeah, yeah. Just so yeah. many, so many jokes. So, uh, yeah. uh, how do you find that? Like, um, this obviously deciding what's good, but like you were doing an hour. Well, I'm sorry to break it up like this. Going to be doing an hour. At yeah. The the comedy fest. I was, yeah. I had my first hour, my debut hour, and yeah. it got cancelled. That's okay. I um, it was like the milestone, you know. It's like that was the next milestone was yeah. doing the hour and that kind of thing. And, and yeah, I was like, it, I I made sure I'd kind of like the show was about stuff that I'd already written about, so I didn't have to write a new hour. Mm -hmm. It was like a lot of the stuff I was doing was about being British, about about my observations of New Zealand. So I think I already had like half an hour. Yeah. I just had to put some bits in, add some bits and stuff like that. So it was, it was kind of a bit of a... I like I like, I like the, the <laughs> title of the show, the feedback. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. The fact yeah. that, like, you know, um, and, uh, a foreigner in, in New Zealand, but also a teacher. Like it was... Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. an intro... Yeah. It was an intro... Like I like the premise of the show. Yeah. Um, and also your observations on New Zealand are genuinely, genuinely hilarious. Thank you. Um, and also the feedback thing was the idea of a, you know, a microphone and a speaker. Oh, look, that, you've got me at three levels now. Yeah, is it, it was a, th <laughs> <laughs> it was a three level... <laughs> <laughs> the genius behind the title. Oh, the genius behind Chris Beatty. <laughs> the show had three millions. It was... <laughs> Genuinely yeah. horrific. We didn't get to see it. <laughs> did you? How did you find working out? Like, did you work out the show at all? The hour? Were you doing stuff beforehand? I'd had the premise. I had everything ready, and I'd applied with the idea of what I was going to include. And then I was at the point where I was like, okay, once the new year hit, and I had about three months left, I thought, oh, now I'll work solidly hard. I was going to do a video. I was going to do like um. I was going to do this kind of mock um, tour guide to Wellington with me interviewing people in the street. I was going to kind of go, you know, and show that as well as a bit of a halfway point. So I had all these kind of bold, grand ideas. And then before I could really go down that route, COVID hit and it was it was all kind of over. So part of it was like, oh, whew. <laughs> that's a bit of a relief. But it would have been nice to have been at that point. Yeah. And... Mm. I like that idea of going around as the tour. I, yeah, I like that. But it'd be hard to do it now because there's no tourists. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I even had thoughts of like, I wanted to get like a politician or I wanted to get like the Wellington mayor and see if he'd do like a skit with me or something. I was, oh, I all these grand ideas. But isn't Mittens the mayor of Wellington? Sorry? Mittens. Isn't that the mayor of Wellington? Mi oh, the cat thing. Yeah. The cat yeah. thing. Yeah. Not a fan. Oh, I just <laughs> I just trying to recall the story, but everyone knows about this cat called Mittens. And yeah. 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 It's a big deal in Wellington. Right. He hangs right. out. And Mittens like, the cat. Yeah. Sounds like an arsehole. <laughs> no, <I'm joking. laughs> oh, no, we're going to get another comedian cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. But working on, like, what I, what I meant about the hour itself, um, how did you work, like, you'd most of the material kind of really like about ha a good chunk of it mm. well practiced and well versed beforehand yeah did you did you get a chance to even start to work out like some structure the, yeah the structure of the hour i know you can't get longer sets it's tough to get like longer sets here but did you i was kind of at the point of talking to comedians who had done hours and sort of getting their advice on how to do it and you know some people were like oh you know try doing your 20 20 and 20 try and do your best bit at 40 apparently there's this thing they call the sort of 40 minute lull where that's when people start to so you gotta you got yeah they start to wane apparently and so i was i was kind of thinking about that but now i hadn't really gone down the 
the structure route properly. Okay. It was, cool. it was all kind of up here and it hadn't and hadn't quite there. So that's the plan. What was really not, what was the idea about it is I just wanted to have a show that I could take so that once I had a show that I had done, I could then go, oh, no, now I can apply for this festival or now I can take it to Auckland or now I can, you know, it was yeah. something it was something I could have under my belt yeah. that I that I had and I could do solo. So um it's a real shame it would have been nice to just to to get have it have that one. Yeah. Yeah, and then now I could have been applying for what that one in Whangarei and the one in Palmerston. You can still do that. I could do. I kind of just wanted to do it sort of at home where I had the, I don't know, just felt like I wanted to debut at that festival. Okay. okay. Well, that's that, like, uh, suppose, and I'm looking at this from a slightly cynical point of view, you do it in the comedy fest, you've got that credit to go with all the other fests in terms of yeah exactly you know yeah. You, like yeah i can you yeah can that's see, right yeah especially you know for marketing you, you get people with, with oh comedy fests you know yeah and boom yeah yeah oh especially because it's a festival that you apply for and i think yeah. you need to have done some comedy and have a bit of credentials or whatever yeah behind your name so yeah i, I guess so um but not that I can't, you know. I, I thought about maybe doing it for the Fringe Festival next year. I but think so. We'll see. I don't know. I didn't really... I wasn't mad on the post... I, I don't know. Like, kind of actually thinking, oh, maybe... It, I don't know. In my head, I'm like, oh, maybe I just do a different show. <laughs> like, <laughs> just not do feet, but just do something that's just an hour of, of comedy and just not an be hour. restricted by the... Uh, this is... Okay, so this is... Um, you're, you're obviously you're, you're obviously from the UK, but like yeah. your style of stand up, like where do you kind of fall in? You know, there's this there's the US stand up where it's just jokes mm. for like an hour, and then, then then there's what you call the UK is maybe slightly more theatrical in terms of what a, a UK hour would be. Yeah, you follow me on that yeah, one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, like well, my my influence. I don't think my influences are the straight stand ups like. The the American guy. I don't think that's kind of me. I'm a bit yeah. of a. I'm a character of. My, I'm a bit of a. What's the word? I'm a caricature of myself on stage. I'm mm. a dumber version of myself. I'm more comfortable not being 100% me. So I'd rather be like a character of me, if that makes sense. Like yeah. a kind of an offshoot of of what I'm what I'm like. So a lot of my intros are kind of silly. I like that kind of playfulness. I like kind of playing with the audience and. Saying things that are kind of, you know, well, well you obviously do I wouldn't say that in real life. No, but you do bring that. Like, I think you put everyone at ease, and I think everyone gets the when you get on stage, everyone gets the vibe pretty much straight away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And every, like, I, I, there's very few people I've seen who can latch on and change the, the mood of sort of uh, uh, an, a, a night as quickly as you do. Right. Well, I think very hard. Yeah. So I think very hard about that first minute. Yeah. I want to do four silly things very quickly to set the tone and that so that they sort of know who I am because I think in the past I've sort of that's been a little bit hazy a bit but I can't I've had some real bombs and I think it's because in the past they've been like I can't work this guy out I don't I don't get it he's like a quirky is it real is it not so I come on say very obviously yeah I think the what? confidence changes it because I think people get that you're intentionally being Silly, but they go. Oh yes. no, he's got this. He's, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's confident about his silliness. Yeah, he's, so he's, we'll he's, go with it. He's comfortable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that works. I think I think it works. Have you ever been aggressively silly on stage? And no. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the one, my worst bomb was when I was, you know, I I just went on stage with just too much energy. Yeah, and it, it just like it just it flipped the whole thing, and they were like, "Oh no, we don't. We are not." You know, so I had to be very careful. Yeah, like that. When I started, 
six months into when I started for about a year, I was really mediocre and I couldn't figure out what I was what you were what doing. What I was doing was I uh, was it over the top and I was really wrestling with like oh, it, maybe it's too much. Maybe it's just maybe I need to pull it back. Maybe I just need to be a bit more normal. And I just think I just kind of settled into it and like you so I just became more comfortable comfortable yeah. and confident with what I was doing. That's that's something. Do you think like you were overperforming? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, like like a bit try hard, you know, yeah. a little bit like oh, this, this guy's trying a bit hard. Because I've noticed, once it came out of lockdown, uh, Ashlyn came to see me, and she was like, you're doing good, but you're you're not being yourself on stage. Right, yeah. And again, it's that try-hard kind of thing. It's like, I'm putting on a performance. Yes. And I've kind of switched it now, and it's like, oh, this feels right. Yeah. But what was it, like, what was it for you that, like, you maybe were able to make the switch in your head about where you were kind of not going wrong, but where you needed to make a change in your performance. I don't, I don't know. I think it was more just. I think it's just that you know some sort of invi- there's invisible things that you, that are happening that you just don't realise are going on. Like you're you're making improvements that you don't know, and they just occur through time. Mm. So I think I was just kind of. I don't know. I just think I was. Uh, just being getting more used to it, just being more comfortable and just sticking with it. Yeah. You know, like but I don't know if I go it wasn't like a major shift that I that I kinda took. It's really hard. Like I kind of I don't think New Zealand audiences are mad on in stand up terms, I th- I've always felt they kind of they like your salt of the earth person up there. Here's a someone I can relate to. And in Britain, I think, and maybe in Ireland, you, you do see a lot more kind of characters. If you look at like Julian Barrett and Noel Fielding. If you yeah. look at some of their early early stuff, they're like, yeah. they're quite, um, they're really, they're a, they're really kind of odd and quirky. That's and Ross you know. Noble as well, right? Yeah, you know Ross yeah. Noble, yeah, the like, Geordie guy. Yeah, yeah, like insanity on stage. I don't yeah. know how well that would go over here because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's like a balled up energy, and I think. It's much more reserved here as well. We talked about like sometimes the crowds are like they won't laugh, but they'll come up to after after you and go, "That was brilliant." Yeah, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's co- I think uh, yeah. From what I I, mean, I didn't do comedy in the UK, but yeah, I think New Zealand crowds are generally considered to be notoriously hard to um, to deal with. So apparently, if you're doing well in New Zealand, you, you you're doing well. Okay, <laughs> from what I can gather, but okay. Well, I went back to Ireland, and it was funny because the crowd was much, it was much chattier, right? And and not not during the show, but like during the MC bit, everyone was like, "Way up for it," you know what I mean? And I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah, but but um, yeah, it's interesting to see the the difference between between the audiences. Um, um, I've definitely found that there is more polite laughter here. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, which isn't isn't necessarily helpful. Yeah, and so you get some quite orderly. Uh, I think sometimes people are just maybe I don't know. Maybe it's maybe I don't know. If it's like in Auckland or whatever. But yeah, maybe like when I was when I was learning the MC thing and asking about you know what do I do as an MC. One of the things I remember them saying is make sure you your job is to show them what a comedy show is. So <laughs> you know talk to them and try and get them on your side but also you need to introduce them with some material because they need to know that they're here for some comedy yeah and i think some people sort of not quite sure like why am i here, why am I here? Oh, well, i'm here to laugh at this 
these people who are going to come on stage. You know what I mean? Like they always yeah. get spelled out sometimes. Yeah, well, I, yeah. It's it's funny. Comedy is, is very much like a what it is. It is a conversation. Yeah. And you have to let people know how that conversation is going to go. Yeah. You know, so it's it's like I talk, you laugh. <laughs> that's how this is how this is going to work. Yeah, yeah. And if 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 you come out, I think. And it's uh, that's something that switched in my head as well. Is like the audience are there to have a good time, but they need to yes. understand where you're coming from. But what I like about New Zealand audiences is they're very honest. Like, because laughter is very contagious, isn't it? Like, you know, you can be in a room and you can, or you can watch stand up on TV on your own, but you'll laugh more so you're with someone. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a very kind of social thing. But what I like about New Zealand audiences is, is they're very, they feel very honest. Like, well, no, I'm enjoying this, but I don't have to laugh out loud and, you know, yeah. guffaw at everything you do. I'm just happy to have a, g- a good time. So yeah. there's a real honesty in in I think there's sometimes, yeah, you look out into the crowd and people are smiling and on their head and you're like, do that louder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's it's also getting used to that and knowing, because when you start out, anytime you hear a silence, you're like, oh, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Is the end, and then you start to pay attention to people's faces, and like, oh no, they're they're still with you. Yeah, and you see a lot of comedians who come off and they think they've bombed, and you and I've said to them, oh no, I think they were enjoying it. They just weren't really loud. I can tell that there was enjoyment happening. One of those guys in the green room said, "You did a good job, buddy." They didn't <laughs> laugh, but <laughs> they, were, they were with you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, there's kind of like there's a bomb. There's, yeah. a, there's a pure bomb, but I think it's like a there's a kind of like no, I think they were, I think they were kind of into it. They just weren't. They just weren't, you know. What's we we went through how like you? So I want to go back to this bomb where you went on all crazed, like yeah. Where where and what what happened? Oh, this was a couple of years ago, and I I uh, I think the worst one is it? I headlined the medicine. Yeah, oh. I got the headline. They asked, I was asked a headline, and I did it. And it was a pretty quiet audience in the first half, and I was like, oh okay, maybe this won't go too well. Yeah, and then the. L- the two acts before me, they kind of did. They made some good work on the crowd, and I thought, "Oh, okay, this might, this I might be able to sort of salvage something." But I don't know what it was, but something in that first two minutes, and they just, it just, you know. And then the more you know you're bombing, the more you un- realize that <laughs> you expect, y- you know, you you start dreading the punchline <laughs> because you know it's <laughs> nothing's gonna come. <laughs> And you're like, oh no! Oh, that's the I've one. got six more of these. Yeah, you know? you almost you almost feel like saying sorry after every. Oh yeah, yeah, you're yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, yeah, we'll just get this over with. Yeah. <laughs> and then you allude to the fact that you're bombing, and and and, and then no more good can come. <laughs> you get one. Yeah. I think you get one of those. You get when you're when, during a bad bomb. You can pull it back. Right. <laughs> yeah. You can pull it back. Yeah. You get one. This is going bad, and that'll get a laugh. <laughs> But you get one of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you have one chance to get them back. It's when you can use that. Yes, you get out of jail free car when you're bombing sometimes. Yeah. Like, but I also think that the more experience you get, the more you can salvage. Like you, The more comfortable you can be about salvaging your bomb or, or acknowledging what's happening on stage and making something of it. Do you know what I mean? Like acknowledging the fact that it's not going so well. You guys are pretty quiet. You, you know I mean, like you, you sort of you bomb less hard, I think, you bomb the more. Less hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when you, but when you haven't got that in your armory, when you're relatively oh. new and you haven't got oh. that, oh, that's that's oh. a that's a that's, hard place. That's, to be. that's a, I'm not sleeping tonight, Bob. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, a few tears in the car on the way home. Do you think? Okay, so if 
we touched on like the audience and then do you think it's if you're having a bad night or the, say the show it's not going great mm. right do you think that's on the audience or on the comedian like should should you be able as a comedian to just turn the room around or do you think the room is ever to blame <laughs> oh I don't know I think um, I don't think it helps anyone to blame an audience I think it's good to, I mean you think to, to acknowledge that a crowd was particularly quiet is 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 I think it's just like sometimes the chemistry just isn't there that night, or or yeah. maybe or maybe like for some comedians they're into something that they're not into something else. Like I've very rarely seen a, like a lineup show where every comedian has gone awfully. There's usually some people who have like the audiences have gone, oh yeah, yeah I'm kind of with this with this person kind yeah. of thing. So I don't know. I, d I don't think about that. I don't think about it too much. I'd rather I'd much rather think about myself and what I could improve than. Than whether it is a no, I, I yeah. So whatever. I mean, I mean it in terms of if the room is going badly, mm. you go okay. It should be it should be on you to to switch it around. You should be go. How do I how do I switch this around? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. You go. Oh, it's a it's a rough room. It's like well, you have to be able to switch it around, even if it's even if it's a quiet audience. Yeah. I don't know. I I I think I'm I'm maybe. I try and think it's a, it's my job to get them to laugh. Yeah. Even if they're not really, and it's it's the test room material is like this needs to be general enough for everyone to get it, that it can bring an audience that are not on side. Yeah. Or quiet. Or I th or, or switching or I think switching from material to a little bit of banter and, yeah. uh, and like I said before, like, acknowledging what's happening and having just breaking the fourth wall a little bit more. I think, yeah, uh, yeah I think maybe experienced comedians ex can really do that switch around. I would, I consider you experienced. Though. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if I. How I don't long have you been? How long you been? What, three, four years. Three, yeah. So like three, yeah, just over three years yeah. or so. Yeah. So I'm quite experienced, but I don't think I'm in the realm of like being able to see, be halfway through, read yeah. something and switch it. Switch it. I'm not. No, quite I wasn't. Like, I wasn't saying that. You, oh, you, you should be able to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your experience. <laughs> but I mean, I, like, it's it's. I can see you. Like, I've seen. I, I've only ever seen you like pretty much kill every time I've seen you. Um, and I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> let's get let's let that ring out that's the nicest yeah, compliment that's it. that's that's it that's the end of the, i've only seen chris kill oh, this year i've been i've had a really good year like i've i've had some <laughs> really really a, a good. really good you forgot about a couple of months chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh the bomb oh this was of uh, the one no I no i was talking oh. about the pandemic <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i've had a really good year it's just been amazing 2020 yes this yeah. is year <laughs> sorry everyone else i'm having the time of my sorry. life <laughs> yeah yeah sorry about that sorry you, you you should try and suck less everyone <laughs> but since the lockdown coming back <laughs> i think that's where everyone's year great. started you know what I mean? <laughs> especially new zealand <laughs> yeah yeah, no. Uh, oh well, no. Thank I, I have been doing well. I'm, I'm proud of myself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everything now is just going to make it sound like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to the bomb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think we found. We found. We found <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, how's your year going? <laughs> <laughs> Yay, 2020. 
Yeah. Uh, Ian, thanks for having me. I've got your, I've got your show coming up in. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Chris is weeks. headlining, so he has been doing well. If I'm booking him, shit, yeah. <laughs> um, that's great. I'm looking forward to that. I'm no, it's it's a it. fun show, man. It's fun. The last one was like it's a little bit wild and loose because it's in Newtown, you know. Right. Uh, we had this guy. Um, he walked past the window. We didn't have a curtain, so he just saw a room full of people and started dancing when when Miranda was on stage. Oh, right, right, right. So we had to go and they'd kick him out of the street. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, could you just not do that? Yeah. And then he came back like two minutes later, like, <laughs> kick him off the street. Yeah, yeah. We didn't have. Ha- yeah, we were like, hey, can you just move on? But he saw the oh, audience, okay. and he was like, "I'm back again." He wanted a piece of this, and now he's, and he, and now he's on this show. Now he's <laughs> he's, had, he's warming up for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, <laughs> we uh, we're getting a curtain. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we fixed that problem. <laughs> we're getting a curtain. Um, yeah, sometimes very very simple solutions can make the night um, come together. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm oh, looking forward to it. What about you? Like, where are you up to then in your... Because how long you've been doing it since I didn't... I emceed you your emceed first show. Fir- yeah, actually, yeah. yeah I remember that. Yeah, you yeah. emceed my first first time doing comedy at an open mic. Okay, but so, you've done it before. Yeah, that was my first time doing stand-up. Mm. Like, I did it once before, but it doesn't. Re- I kind of don't really count that. How long ago was that then? So that was 2019, March 2019. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. So yeah. I... I did. I think I'd done it previously in. in I say, don't say Colombia, Cambodia, <laughs> um, at a sports bar. Oh, okay. Um, just me and my mate. He's an actual comedian, and I was like, I was going to come And they're like, you're a comedian. Yes. <laughs> I've not been drinking today. <laughs> I had been, and uh, so that's, that's the first time I got. But up. you don't count that as your first. I didn't tell any jokes. Right. <laughs> like so, no. Um, but. <laughs> The, the 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 one I did work for was the uh, for the open mic with UMC yeah and I remember a year I was like that guy's really fucking good oh. um but it was also the expectation first time going to a show you're like is anyone going to be any good at this because I'm on it like <laughs> yeah isn't that like isn't that funny that when you're first doing it you look for a night or you look for like um. It's really bad. You you look at people who are doing comedy, and you, and go, you have to go, that. yeah. And you unfortunately you have to like no, make that's, judgments that's, in your head. That's and exactly go, what I did. I yeah. went to the old mics and was like, because because your your fear is that like the only comedy you see are like shows you pay money into by yeah. seeing like celebrities, yes, comic celebrities or stuff you see on Netflix. Like this is terrible. Right? This is how dumb I am. Like. <laughs> I'd watch an hour special on Netflix like up to a couple of years ago and it'd still be amazed that he knew that, or she knew that everyone was going to laugh yeah <laughs> and I'm like how does he know he's do- what, what, what's going to work you know in an hour show and then he realize oh he's done it like hundreds of times yeah, yeah. and I was like oh you can you can yeah. actually write something where you know people are going to laugh you know so I, I you go to the open mics and you figure out oh no this is where you learn if things are funny and then yeah. you see people who are do okay but they don't have a killer set or whatever yeah. you go oh I think I can, I've got you know a structure of a couple of jokes there I think I can do that yeah and I think it, like even if you go to like a like a full night on a Friday in Wellington when you watch a comedy show I mean there's audiences and you go like anyone could do well at this night you know what I mean? yeah. so open mics are really I actually think they're harder than <laughs> oh, than your pro nights because they're I, like yeah because I think th- it's the expectation as well yeah. you know, people buy into the there's posters the tickets were $25 you know 
yeah. you know they it's they've seen it marketed quite well. Yeah, so yeah. everyone and, and everyone's has committed their time to this and thought about going to it. But sometimes an open mic can be a oh let's just go see what this is about. And yeah. you know it's it's ten bucks in. It could be ten people there. So there's not that yeah excitement exactly. of a night out. So the expectation isn't there. But with the like with the the pro shows, people are out to really like unless you're doing really badly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I I know what you mean. You can feel like you actually are. It's way easier. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think even people like, I, I, I obviously I don't know what it's like to be like a. I sometimes wonder if like if you're a really successful comedian, you know, like so much of that hard work you've done all that hard work. People know who you are, and so the expectation is that people will laugh at you no matter what. Like. Imagine going to a <laughs> a night where people just know that you're going to make them laugh. I think that we we have to work pretty hard. Yeah, <laughs> because people are like, well, I have no idea if you're funny or not, so so prove it. So yeah, yeah. do you know you, you know how you you know people don't know us? They come up after and like, you were really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, I laughed. Yeah, like, yeah, no, I know. What's the point? <laughs> They're like, no, no, I didn't. I seen you and no, not funny. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a lot of respect for people who can make an audience of 10 laugh. So, you know, an open mic, someone makes people, 10 people laugh. I'm like, brilliant, well done. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very impressive, you know. I've, I want to try out, like, some of my material in places that do not want comedy. Right. Like, so, like, doing it at a karaoke bar. Yeah. And just like, hey, put on a song <laughs> and then just do jokes over <laughs> it. And if they get a laugh, I'm like, that's a really good joke. <laughs> yeah. Although people take their karaoke and went in quite seriously. Yeah, so I've heard. Have you dabbled? I th- <laughs> I, oh, in my time. But it's <laughs> an f- odd concept, isn't it, karaoke? Like, here's me singing along to a song that you all know. Badly. Badly. Well, I've never well, heard well that's sing. the point, right? I mean, I, I don't like going to karaoke where people are good. No, you yeah. just, like, we could have just went to a show. Mm. Do you know the song Ebenezer Good? Do you remember that one? Yeah, Ebenezer Good. good. Yeah. good. Ebenezer Good. Uh, that was one of them songs that when I was a kid, I learned all the words. And uh, and I and, and I your parents didn't have a problem. With that. <laughs> no, and I used to rewind the tape and write all the lyrics down, and it just stuck with me. And then I was at university. That was like my uh, that was my thing. That was my uh, what party piece? Your party karaoke. Piece. Ebenezer, good. Chris is up on the stage, <laughs> smashing <laughs> out some shaman. Yeah, yeah. So that's my dabbling with the uh, karaoke. <laughs> well, that, it's more impressive. Well, I did. I did exactly what I said I was going to do. Instead of with jokes, I freestyled over hip hop beats. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I used to. I used to MC. I used to be an MC rapper, and yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know. There was you don't hear about many Irish ones. I hope that's not offensive to say. It's but you don't generally actually hear extremely many. offensive. Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Good old racist Christoph. The Englishman comes on. It's like, oh, you you rap, do you? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but you don't get many, do you? Or are, maybe there are. There I'm is in Ireland, but they don't oh, tend okay. to like. There was one guy. I think we talked about little petty. There's one guy who made it like quite big oh. in the in 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 the U, in the US. But oh right, had stuff on the radio in Ireland, but never really like never made a, made a career. Like I think the thing I think it is that w- in England you had your own style. You had grime. Yeah. So that blew hip hop up. In okay. the UK, and you had something you could definitely call your own. It was yeah, it, it was, was the, your it own. Had its own identity. Exactly. Whatever, Where yeah. in Ireland, w- you'd have a lot of people 
especially in the early times, doing like American accents. Okay. Right. And then you'd then you'd have like the really hard accents, the North Dublin accents, which is which is like I love it. I love the accent, but it's it's a, it's a rough accent to listen to. Mm. So. Um, or jarring, so I'll say. Yeah. And, and what what people, what I would hear from a lot of people is like, I can't get behind listening to rap with an Irish accent on it. Yeah, right, right. Because yeah. it didn't. I I don't know if it felt. It doesn't to people who are like you know, casual listener to hip hop. It just feel it sounded wrong. You so know, this guy it. you were talking about, uh, does he rap in it? He has a like is a a big Wexford accent, like but but but. Smooth it out for hip hop, you know what I mean? Like okay. it's a performance voice, but it's still an Ir- very Irish accent. Yeah. Um, and he'd do really well in America, but not really well in in Ireland. Or oh, okay. he'd sell out in Dublin and say so that, but couldn't like just whatever reason couldn't like right. break break the 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 music with the music industry. Oh, so that that must have helped you as a like performer then you've been on stage with the mic people like. laughed more when I rapped <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I've never had like stage fright or like no being, I, I have more now than I've ever had because with everything else I, I used to DJ as well and I did all these kind of things but with this people hone in on exactly what you say so you just no place to hide because yeah. you know if you're rapping or something like that you know you the mu- you can be kind of get away with just the music yeah, really, right. people not really hearing you yeah. and the same with DJing like you can have a laptop on so it doesn't really matter like if you can't mix because you could just have it done for you yeah. so you can look like you know what you're doing which is right. pretty much what I was doing with with, with stand up it's like it's more nerve wracking because it's just it's, you it's your 100% work. just you yeah. and like you can't hide behind Anything other than what you stay on, say on stage, yeah, yeah, and that's why. But that's actually turned out why I fucking love it because it's all the work in making yeah. that work on stage. It's very empowering, is it? Like it's very, it gives you a real, it, yeah, it gives you a certain power that I feel. Like I love, I love that feeling when you like, and you know something's coming that, or you know your bit's coming, and, and you've crafted this thing that like causes. That reaction, it, uh, it just it, yeah, there's yeah. nothing like it. It's no, no, and it could be a room yeah. of twenty people, and you're like, wait for this, <laughs> <laughs> and it lands, and you're like, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's and it, it's. Uh, what, so what 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 started you into like what was it that that? Oh, mine's a bit of a weird story. So I, oh yes, I, I we did go. like um well we well uh, well yeah I don't I don't know how to say that making it too long, but it took me a long time, time to um, <laughs> took me a long time to do it because I had a bit of a I had a bit of a um <sighs> I was an actor right years ago I wanted to be an actor right mm-hmm. you have you 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 are a handsome man <laughs> yeah yeah but I'm also pretty generic looking so I was <laughs> yeah. never going to get a lot of work <laughs> anyway so I kind of decided our acting wasn't for me in my kind of mid-twenties and then I went through a bit of a p- right, period question. oh yeah before you go into it now did did you decide acting wasn't for you or did <laughs> acting decide you weren't for it I think I realised that you needed to be really dedicated to get <laughs> anywhere close and I realised that I'm not I don't have that. <laughs> you were like, I'm going to stand up. <laughs> yeah. Well, then then I didn't sort of do anything for years. And yeah. then I like built up, I like did this thing where I built up in my head that I really wanted to do comedy, but I was like really scared that it wouldn't work. 
And so for years, I was like, I just made this mounted out of the whole thing. And I was like, no, I can't do it. It won't work. And I was really scared that I wouldn't be good at it. So I just ignored it. And then, um, and I had this all that bit of like, that kind of like, you know, it's that, that rubbish that you tell yourself. You know, you can tell yourself some really stupid shit about yourself that's not true. Like, oh, you won't be good enough or they won't laugh or you'll fight. You know what I mean? Like all that. So I had, I had to, it's like even like... My first achievement, or my still my best achievement, was when I did it for the first time. Because I never thought I'd even get to that point. I just like terrified, absolutely terrified of it. it. But it was more like I just sort of thought, like, if I don't do this, I'm going to become 50 years old and go, I never did it, I regret it, kind of thing. And I think I was about, I'm sort of my mid 30s. I was like, no, I need to. You actually need to do this, otherwise. You're gonna you're have gonna, it hanging with you. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna hang over you, and you're gonna feel like a loser all your life, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it took me years to get over the fear of it, and I just made a complete. And then I turned up, and there's like 18 year olds out of school, <laughs> knocking <laughs> out six minutes here and there. Like, where did you get that confidence from? Like, yeah. So yeah, weirdly, I just yeah, it was it was a bit of a, a bit do, of that. Do you think you build it up well? Do you think you build it up in your head so much because you knew it would be something that you really, really, really wanted to like? Really wanted to do, yeah, yeah. And I was terrified that I was like, oh, if this isn't my thing, like that would be really heartbreaking. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, I, I don't want to like suck at it because I really, I because like, deep down I thought I think I'll be quite good at this, and I was just terrified that I was like that I just wasn't gonna be. So yeah, and then you just tell you just yeah, and I just told myself all that. I'm all too busy. Rubbish. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm too busy, and I'm too, and, and you know, it might not work, or you won't get accepted, or people won't, you know, it's, yeah, nonsense stuff that you tell yourself. And then I did it, and I was like, oh yeah, that's all right. It isn't as bad, as, you know. It completely isn't as bad as I thought. So no. yeah. And so now, now, and now, I'm like, oh, if I'd have started ten years ago. <laughs> but do you think, like, I I get the same feeling. I should have started years ago. Yeah. But do you think that the time that you spent doing other things and maybe growing up has helped? That experience. Yeah, so yeah. you don't have... Because I suppose if you come out as 18, 19 and you just start doing comedy... You yeah. Can, what you are you talking about, right? What are you talking about? Yeah. But you're, maybe, uh, if your observations aren't killer at that age, you don't learn how to um, experience... Like, you don't have the experience of... Of, of life yeah at that age I think sometimes starting a little bit later can give you maybe a, a completely different perspective yeah. on it and maybe sometimes you can skip past some time if you start earlier because you're like oh I know I shouldn't do this because in my re in, in real life like yeah. I your approach to things change and you find out like more efficient or or, or, or you're better at networking or you know what I mean yeah I know what you mean I do think a bit I, th I think I probably yeah I definitely think that but I do think I probably left it because there's, there's still people there's people who are like you know in New Zealand who are younger than me and have achieved sort of so much because they've been doing it because they've been doing it for so long so I, I do kind of wish I hadn't left it that long but I'm also like well it is what it is you make what you you make what you can of it and yeah you do what you can oh, what, what do you What's your plan for the future? Like, where do you see yourself, not in five years, but, like, in terms of comedy, what, what's, your, what's your aim of trying to do with it? I think it's just everything I've ever... Uh, I've always just... I don't know. I sort of, like... I'll set a goal, then I'll try and reach that one, and I'll set a goal, and I'll try and reach that one. I sort of... I don't really have a five-year plan. 
I don't really, I don't know. No, that, that wasn't the right question to ask. But like, you know, <laughs> no, I, I know what you mean though. Yeah. Like, what? Where do I? I don't really know. It's one of them things. I don't really know what the what the parameters are really. Like, I don't know how far you can take it in Wellington. I got, you know, I got my family here, and I can't really go. Sort of, I can't really, you know, spend weeks in Auckland and that kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. I I think at this point, just if I can get that hour show and just be comfortable with that see if I can maybe take it to a few places and just get used to doing hours that would be sort of there and then we'll just see how far how far it goes I, well but, yeah. I think what you're saying because now that you've you, you, before you started you built it up so much to this big thing mm. and like, if, I, if I don't do this you know it's going to hang over me but I think sometimes now that you've done it it's like well I can just see where this goes you know, like it's, yeah. it's, it's now that you've actually you're doing it and you're you're actually in the middle of doing stand up and doing comedy, you don't you now don't no longer have these things. Like, I I never know what it would be like. You kind of accept what it is because you're doing it. You don't have yeah. the pressure on, on what becomes of it isn't really there because you you can go out and do six or ten minutes and have a really good time doing that. <coughs> and you're like, well, I'm doing yeah. it. Yeah, and I think you have to ask yourself that. Why are you doing it? What you Because know, some people just do it because you know, every so often they like to make a room of people laugh. I think for me, like, I don't want to become someone who's like, um, oh, I've taken it this far, I'll just ride it out and just enjoy it. I mean, that was one way I could look at it. But, e- but equally, I'm a bit like, well, no, why don't I just see how, like, really how far I can take it, you know, like yeah. how far or how... Uh, or, or maybe not think of it so much of like, you know, where can I be? What could I do? But just sort of see how good I can be at it. You yeah. Know? Like it's sort of more about my own ability. I got it's really like oddly, I've, I don't know if you know this about me, but I follow boxing. <laughs> and um, you know the boxer entity Joshua? Yeah. See, like I really love listening to him talk because he always talks about everything you achieve, the belt, the whatever, it doesn't matter. All that stuff that you, all those little milestones and that, that kind of thing, it's not about that. He said, what's important is that I'm making myself a better person. Yeah. And so I love like, it's pretty deep, but I like, I like checking in with myself. Like this is, think of it about like, what is this doing for me? What am I, what am I, how am I building up myself and my, my prestige and my, do you know what I mean? So it's about my own development rather than what's out there. Hundred percent. Hundred. Yeah. I do. I do very, very do very similar thing. I think. Yeah. The the more I put in the stand up, and the more like I look at it as how am I bettering myself through it. I yeah. can see my life getting better, and I'm talking of just like my relationships with people and how I interact with people and my 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 thought process, and a lot of things are, are growing. Hmm. And it's because you know you're dedicated to this th- to this thing, whatever it is, and you can see the benefits of dedicating yourself to this one objective. And, and the objective isn't to be the best stand-up in the world; it's to be the best stand-up you can be. You can be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And how then that it's like that rising tides lift all sh- lift all ships, isn't? That's a saying, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But that it's one. it's like I've seen improvements just in in myself from doing stand up because you're you're focused on one thing mm. and it kind of brings everything else up. Yeah. Um, I just like that feeling of like I love that feeling of being good at something. Like I hope that doesn't sound arrogant, but like it's nice to feel like when I look at other things, you know. It, 
people are pretty good at not rating themselves at something, right? They're quite good at being sort of self-deprecating. And I, I don't know, like, I, I like it when you watch someone or you're inspired by someone who's like really good at what they do, their field mm. kind of thing. And I think I kind of want that. I just want to be, I want to be good at something. <laughs> I want to be really good at something, you know? I don't, well, know yeah, how no, to I don't know how to put it apart from <laughs> that those words, but well, it's it's that. well. Why do you want to be good at something? It's like when when you have a really good show. Sometimes for me, it's it's not so much the people going up and you know high fiving you, but it's like the head nod from someone <laughs> in the show going, "Yeah, that was good," <laughs> like a like, tip of the cap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. A, like because it's yeah. it's a, it's, a, it's it's like a a recognition, yeah, of like you're you're good. Yeah, but also I think it's well, it's, it's I want when I'm older, I want to have, I want to look back and have dedicated myself to something that I really wanted to get good at, and to see the the product that has come from all those years of work mm. into something. I, like I've always struggled with my career. I don't. I've never really known what I want to do work wise, mm. but comedy is something as my as my hobby as my as a pursuit. It's just something that I can see myself doing until I'm <laughs> seventy years you old. Yeah, I can't see you know? can't see yourself retiring. No, I can't. Why would you? No, no, it's too good. I just, I just, <laughs> I just love it. But uh, in terms of my my career and what I earn money from, I've never really had something like, oh, you know, I want this and I want to progress here. Mm. Comedy is the one thing that I'm like, is it just inside me? I'm like, yeah, this is what I'm, I'm I'll be doing this when I'm seventy. <laughs> I <Yeah>. think. Let's <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. hope there's not another pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's that's very true, yeah. and that's that's cool. You've kind of realised that. And mm. you're, you're moving in that direction where you're like, this is something you want to put your time into and see where, where you know, what comes out of it. And, yeah. and, and treating that as a, not only like a self-improvement. Yeah, absolutely. Thing, but it, but it's, it's like, it's, it's something, to follow your passion, I think, is always something that can only lead to good things. Um, Maybe not like, say, like financially, but like just for yourself yeah. and for your family and for yourself as a person. Yeah, absolutely. You follow yeah. your passion, I think the best of you comes out. Yeah. And that's like, like I said, that, that was what I was worried about that I was going to, uh, before I did comedy and I was uh, like, you know, not wanting to do it and I was too scared to do it. That's what I was worried about is, you know, getting older and not have really done that thing that I knew <laughs> was kind of <laughs> passionate about. <laughs> this is one of the reasons I got into to comedy and it's a really, really, really fickle reason. <laughs> I was in a job interview, and it was in this was in London at the time. And the person giving me an interview was like, "Oh, you're very funny," or said something like that. And she's like, "Oh, I've always wanted to try comedy." This is what she said herself. Yeah. And I was like, "She's like, oh, I've been saying it for years, and I've never done it, but I think I'd re really be funny." I've never forgotten. <laughs> Her saying that, I'm like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do comedy. I'm not gonna end up like you. <laughs> 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 yeah. Saying in an interview at ten o'clock in the morning, I could have been really funny. I could have been on stage. I just did it yeah. despite that lady. I don't know who she is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but in my head, I've never yeah. forgotten that interaction. I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna do it. I'm yeah. gonna be funny. This is like, fuck. This is ten years ago. <laughs> right, right, right. But I've never forgotten that. But it's like, it's it's that thing in you, like you a got, spark. You, that little yeah. spark. Like, uh, uh, sometimes people say in comedy you need someone to do something like in spite you need someone to kind of push you yeah, yeah, yeah. along like so you have something in your head like a little bit of a fuck you to <laughs> yeah like Jerry Seinfeld talked about it, it was Mitzi Shore in the comedy store like she didn't like him and she pushed him and pushed him and pushed him right. and pushed him and 
wouldn't book him in the comedy store, but he said, fuck you, I'm going to, goodness, you can't yes. say no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, clearly, I don't know who this person is, <laughs> <laughs> but it was kind of that, that one of those things, another driving factor, like, no, no, you sit, I remember sitting in that interview going, no, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to do it before you do it. Yes. And she may have done it before me, but in my head, look. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my, I've got a similar story. So uh, that year that I started, and I was umming and ahhing, and you know, my head was going like, "You've got to do this. This, you, this is a kind of a now or never." Because I was, as a teacher, bef- I was teaching, and I took a year off just to kind of relief teach and kind of just, you know. And I was saying to myself, "2017, Chris, is the year, and you need to do it. You've got to, you've got to do it." And then my son came home once, and he'd just been with his mate. He was only like eight, I think, at the time, seven or eight. And he said, uh, and he said, oh, my friend is so funny. He should be like one of those people who, who stand up. And I was like, that's it. I'm doing it, <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm doing it now. I'll book it. I'll book it. I'll find I'll do it. You know what I mean? And it was like, I can't have my own son find his best mate funnier than his dad. <laughs> and all the, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Adrian. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> Your like, mate's yeah. not fucking funny. But that was a good motivation because I was like, oh, yeah, that's also, I've got to think like, you know, when I'm older, I need to show my kids that I actually got off my ass and faced my fears. Yeah. And that's a good sort of motivation. That's a really good motivation go, like, Yeah, because yeah. I couldn't, I have them, yeah, I didn't want to be like, I needed to have some kind of story that was like, you know, no, yeah, I did it. I did it. <laughs> I, I did. I finally did it. You know, I, was, I completely lost what I was going to ask you there. That's no, good. It's all right. Oh no, it's it's some now. Where we got now with kids stand up? Oh yeah, yeah. Here we go. So in terms of, well, you had that part. Obviously, you hate that kid, so you need to be better at stand up <laughs> than him. Do you do you ever feel or in, in company of people that goes, oh, he's really funny, you know, he should be a standing comedian or no, sorry, that's not the question. Um, when you hear people who who've done stand up comedy saying, oh, people always told me when I was younger, you should try it, you should right. try stand up comedy. Um, did it? Did anyone ever? I heard of those people, and I'd be like, no one said that to me. I don't like to have said that about him. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, mine's sort of the opposite. So I've always been like at primary school, I was the clown, and at home I was always the f- funny one okay. in my family. And I guess like even like in my workplaces, if people described me, most of the time it would be, you know, oh he's a funny guy or whatever yeah. kind of thing. So like that was even more of a thing that was like you know I'm like. It's my thing. I naturally, like, even like, I don't, and I find what's nice about doing comedy is now I don't have to spend so much time trying to make people laugh in real life. Like a lot of like when when I'm with ki- like when I'm teaching or whatever, I can't help making kids laugh. I just enjoy. It. I obviously get so much from it that I'll just mm. you know, it's so embedded in me to try and make people laugh generally in sort of social situations that is now I'm doing stand up comedy. I don't have to do it so much out of stand-up comedies like it's a good way to like focus my energy to Um, a really productive place rather than spending my time in social situations trying to make groups of people laugh yeah you're literally describing (laughs) (laughs) like a lot of what i would go through was like now i I don't try as hard as it used to to try and make people laugh. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I might do the odd time, but to be honest with you, most of the time now that people like, kind of know I'm doing comedy, I try and stay more quiet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, I try and be like, ah, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't try and 
act out as much. Like I used to, we say we we're talking before the podcast. I used to work in real estate. Yeah. And this is when I was thinking of doing comedy. And look, I'm already you have to talk to these people. And I talk to like loads, maybe a hundred people a day. So I'd be trying out bits on people, showing them around houses and stuff like that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'd be like, oh, can I make these two people laugh? And to me, humor is a, is a skill that disarms people, especially mm. in a like in a in a, yeah. in a one-to-one situation or or you're meeting people for the first time. Humor has always been my go-to. It's always been my kind of tension. Yeah. Crusher or whatever. Yeah, Crusher, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I break. Like obviously, people, you know, icebreakers. But I always mm. try and make people laugh because once I know I make people laugh I'm like okay now I know where we can go with this conversation because you yes. get into the humour and you, you disarm them basically yeah yeah yeah, yeah absolutely uh, yeah. yeah it's a great tool to have yeah and I think it's actually one of the reasons that I've <laughs> got jobs in job interviews because I've been like relatively you know free spirited and yeah a bit I don't know cheeky and funny or whatever I don't know yeah so I've, I love job how do you feel about job interviews Oh, I die into like just to get one. Like, I don't come across well on paper, so I'm like, oh, come and if you if you don't like me when you come and see me, I'm good with that. <laughs> it's just like getting past the paper bit. I just don't know how to write CVs. Oh, and, yeah, and I'm know? the same. I fu- I despise writing CVs. I'm like, get me in the room. Yeah, I've got a chance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah get yeah. me in the room. Yeah. I was. I'm getting a call back. Yeah, because this bit of paper that is not me. It's no, not, you know, I can't come across. And if I try and come across like me on a piece of paper, I'm gonna look. It's like gonna a look like a, like a ridiculous CV. Yeah. yeah, I've done that. I, I try I'm, when I was like back after the the big crash, I was like trying everything to get work. So yeah. I was writing these insane CVs. It's like you should just hire. Like just hire me. I'm amazing. Like I just. Yeah. The cringiest things you could think of, I was like, it might get somewhere, yeah. but never, never did. Well, the fear is like, for me, is that I don't want to, I like funny, but I've never liked zany and quirky and that, like, I, you know, those people are like, I'm mad I am. Oh. Like, no, you're really not. <laughs> oh, man. That's what I don't want to come across a like. So I'm like, get me in a room and I'll, you know. I love my friend Jeff. He's mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, I don't think I like Jeff. I've met a few of them in my time where they're like, I'm mad I am. And I, <laughs> no, clearly you're not because you're telling me. Yeah. You yeah. Oh, you get that. It's like, oh, I'm a riot to be around. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, <laughs> yeah. you're like this yeah. is going painfully yeah. badly. <laughs> yeah. So I could say anything, me. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've come across a few of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you get, do you get your family trying to tell you jokes now because they know you're a comedian? Uh, my parents can't stop spamming. Sorry, man, dad. They, they listen. Uh, they, they, they don't stop spamming me with, with, with jokes. And I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> no! And then my friends, like you know, do you get that? A lot of people trying to like make you laugh. A little bit, yeah, yeah. That was quite nice actually. My dad, um, my dad had written down. I went to see my family at, at Christmas, and my dad had written down some sort of stand-up stuff. He'd written, he'd written it down. He's like sixty in his late sixties. It was really cool. We sat down and like read what he what he written. Oh, that's it cool. was a really nice. He's like my idol, my dad. He's like my. Yeah. He's the funniest man in the world to me. He's like just. Oh, he's the he's my uh, what's the word he's my uh, yeah he's my he's comedy Andy, idol is my dad Anthony Joshua first more <laughs> him goes him Anthony Joshua <laughs> uh, then, then it's the eight track and then it's like yeah. um, so uh, yeah so no so I don't get so much of the uh, that kind of thing 
but people often tell like what I tell you what I get a lot of is people will tell me anecdotes. They'll say like, "Oh, this happened to me the other day." And then they'll say like, "Oh, you, you could use that." You could use <laughs> like, well, no, I can't. It's your that's, story. That's the worst one. You <laughs> yeah. you could use that. And you're like, how? <laughs> yeah. How, how yeah. can I? Well, you know, you make it funny. <laughs> yeah. I think people genuinely think that comedy is just telling anecdotes and stories of things that happened to you in your life, which it is for some people. But like, I haven't had that much of an interesting life to have all <laughs> like a backlog of anecdotes and stuff like that. It's it. Well, people people say think. You just go up there and you tell a funny story, because if you think about it, from like I didn't know how to write a joke before I started comedy, and what I thought right. was how to write a joke is not, you know, the structure of a joke. You, you mm. learn the structure of a joke. So to me, it was like tell a funny story, and I just knew how to do a punchline just from watching stand up. So I knew there had to be a snappy moment right. to get the laugh. Yeah, but like. Everyone, I, I, there was a guy at the show at Newtown, and he was being a bit chatty, but in a, in a this is you know the type of not a heckler, but like the right. positive reinforcer, like okay. ah, and it's like you just want to do stand up, and you don't know, you want to be part of the show, yeah, you don't yeah. know how to do. It. And he came up to me after, and he was like, "I was a bit loud. I'm sorry." He was fine, you know, he wasn't wasn't bad during the show, but he was like, "How do you do it? You just go up and like tell stories." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> you know, because you, you can't say, well, you need to go, you, have, you need to write some jokes, you need to write some jokes, and then you, know, you just go up and tell a story, you'll figure it out, I think. I think it's a good place to start, isn't it? But you've got to embellish your story. There's got to be some kind of craft oh, obviously. to it, usually. But, uh, usually. But it's not a bad place to start in comedy, I think, if you can just stand up and tell a story. That's I think not a bad place. It's like, it's like um, it's a bit like, I know people who are very funny in the way that they tell stories, but I can't quite imagine them upstage doing stand-up, but they're fantastic storytellers, and you can sit around and just listen to them, and they'll make yeah. you laugh in their stories, but they don't, they're not necessarily it sort does of stand-up-y people. Because you, <laughs> you, don't necessar- you don't necessarily tell stories on stage. You tell jokes in the guise of a story. Yeah. So you yeah, take yeah. something that happened to you, and then you add structure to that, which kind of takes some of the story out. I, you know, you, you, yeah. put, you put... The story through the like the joke machine, right, right, right. And you yeah, have to come yeah. up with, you know, you know yeah. what I mean. So it is still a story, but you're you're peppering it with with you know setups and punchlines yeah. throughout the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I think I like to mine like content from my like get content from my life and just try and th- think of funny things that have happened. Yeah. Or not necessarily always funny, but where's there's an opportunity for a joke, and then try and run it through the mill of like. Is there enough set up here for, you know, set yeah. up punchlines? Yeah. And some of those stories I've done on stage have just died. And I'm like, this, this yeah. is hilarious. I, I in in a, in a four or five people in a room, I'll tell it. People will be like, what the fuck? But on stage, just dies. Yeah. It's it's yeah. I yeah. still haven't figured out how to do it all the way. Bring bring stories to the stage. Yeah. But I'm, like, I'm not a natural storyteller. Like, I, I like say if we're at a party or on dinner or like you know, and you're with people, and I try and tell a story, I've never had that ability to kind of make a story really interesting and funny. Right. But I can put my own spin on something and talk in a mic and make a bit of a joke out of it. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird mix. I can't yeah. see. I, my dad is like is a storyteller. Right, right. So he is like, like I, that's where I get that from. I've seen him hold court with like loads of people around the d- dining room table just making the place fall apart like, with laughter. So I, I've seen that since I was like three or four. So that's where a lot of 
my style comes from. And I've seen him, like, he used yeah. to do theatre. Like, I say that like he was doing it a lot. He did it like three or four times just because he was hilarious on stage. Not in, not in a funny role. So who, who's who's this? This is my dad. Oh, okay, right. right yeah. yeah, so I, I get a lot of my on-stage confidence yeah. from my dad. Not, I'm making it sound like he was on stage a lot. He was on stage like twice right. in like a local play. But okay. he... His the way he like tells stories at parties and stuff like that. Yeah. His general demeanor anywhere is just genuinely hilarious. Like it's yeah, just yeah. extremely confident and cocky and just yeah, an absolute legend of a man. And that's I get an awful lot of that from him. Yeah. Um, especially with the making stuff up on the spot and being really good at it and and, and convincing people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because it's funny, isn't it? Because sometimes I think stories to strangers is a very different thing stories to people that you know you know like there's a i think when you're in a circle of friends and there's that camaraderie feeling and you can tell a story and it's they've already bought in like yeah you're in a room with four or five people you've already bought in yeah yeah yeah. if you context but you can't apply that to a stand-up setting the only time easily it's what uh, so i did a show i did shannon's show in the last fringe it was travails with my ex so the premise of the show was very, very, si- not simple, but it was it was simple for a crowd to understand. It's like, these comedians are all going to talk about a trip they went on with their ex. So yeah. the audience knew the premise of the show. So they already right, know right. the premise of your story. Yeah. So all the, the hard lifting is done for you. Yeah. So I did like, I did. it was all new material I did that night, and it all worked really well. But it worked really well because the heavy lifting and they already bought into the, the idea of the show and they knew what it was going to be about yeah so it made the story work right. um but i imagine if i did do that at an open mic it'd probably bomb most of it <laughs> yeah because yeah, they're exactly like, what's this what's this about yeah you know yeah yeah so it's i think it's about the setting up of the show and setting up of the story and and try to create that atmosphere when you're in a room with four or five people yeah sort of knowing knowing the situation you're in and the context of the show you're in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've seen, I've seen uh, some comedian like Ari Shafir had a show. Um, oh, what was it called? It's on Comedy Central, and um, it was just a storytelling show. Okay. Um, oh, and uh, one of the comedians on it, Joey Diaz, like he's got four or five stories on it, and they are amazing. Not just stories, but like hilariously funny as well. But also put you in tears. Mm. And it's all that wrapped up in seventeen minutes, right? Um, and it's like that's that's the kind of comedy I'd love to be able to do, right? Yeah, like it, really more storytelling. But um, I find it very hard to do. Yeah, and I don't think it it, it always works as well. Um, yeah, yeah. There's that um, show called Cool Story Bro, isn't there in, yeah. in Wellington? And I've all I've never asked to be on it because I'm like. It's not really my, not really the anecdotal sort of comedian. I really wish you would have told me you weren't good at telling stories before I asked you on the podcast. (laughs) 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 No, no. I don't, I just don't know. Yeah, I'm not really, I don't know. I thought I'm, I'm, I've always been a listener, you know. I'm a big, I'm a big listener of, you know. I'm, I, like if I if I'm in a conversation, I'll always go, you go first. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I, you tell me about you. <laughs> Quite a passive conversationalist, I guess. Um, I just want to touch on one more thing before mm. we uh, about to wrap up. We've done about well, an hour and twenty minutes. Wow. That's, yeah, we're we're. we're this I could do another three nights. <laughs> 
Yeah, what do you, what, what? It was the, it's what you talked about with uh, with Andrew Joshua, and like you look at boxing, um, and you you you're, you find inspiration there. And do you find that there are um, crossovers between like elite elite athlete athletes or that mindset and doing comedy, like in terms of the preparation, in terms of like like obviously not to diet, but. Yeah. The, the mindset, like w- if you get really good at something, I think, I think to me, if you're really good at something, you get really into it. You can see that there's bridges between like top top level comedians and top level athletes. Mm. Does does that ring true to you at all? Or yeah, and I think you also like you know you you see comedians who just have that natural talent in the same way that you see sportsmen who are just you know naturally gifted at what they do. It's a bit tricky, I think, because. Um, I think with comedy you have to be careful that I find I have to be careful that I'm not too over prepared I'm not too psyched up I'm not too because I want part of what I want to do is is also to be able to kind of relax and be open for it to be free flowing mm-hmm. um, but equally I do believe that I kind of need to work hard I, I do I put a lot of work in before I go out for the night <laughs> you know like I will practice my set and if I'm doing an open mic I won't waste it on just or, you know, I mean, I've had the odd sort of time, but like, if I'm going to write a joke and I'm going to go to an open mic and I'm going to um, and I'm going to perform it, I want to work on it first because I want to. I don't want it to be wasted. I want that time to be wasted because I've, you know, I've gone out, I've written it, I've driven there, <laughs> I've waited for my turn. I've only got six minutes out of an hour and a half show. Do you know what I mean? So a little bit. Yeah, I sort of I understand the work ethic, and I think you do have to work kind of hard. I think uh, my thing is I don't think I I don't really I don't sort of know how much I'm, I don't think I work enough on <laughs> what I'm actually going to do to uh, you know like I should probably be doing more online content I should probably be sort of filming myself more I should probably be listening to myself more but I definitely think there's a yeah there's definitely a comparison kind of thing I do suck myself up I do you know I'm quite a, you know when I'm performing on stage I'm you know <laughs> go yeah. on Chris come on and I, I, I even, it's really, it sounds really sad. I, I see, I keep saying to myself the word power before I go on. So it's so cheesy, isn't it? But I'll say, I'll say myself power, power. Like I just, you I don't know. You shouldn't have let me know that. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna see me in the thing. I just power. Just that, it's just that way power. of like, yeah. It's so cheesy, but for whatever reason, it works. Uh, just that kind of. Everyone, like, do, I know, think everyone has roll little up. technique. I just yeah. call it going. Like, I like, can I, I'd psych myself up as well. Mm. I never used to do that. <laughs> I never used to do. I never used to do that. And then I was like, I started like, oh, oh, that works. <laughs> it do, like it gets it, it kind of sometimes can it gets you out yourself a little bit, and you you can like you can almost if you're not in a good headspace or a good humor, it can kind of jolt that, and you yeah. go, well, we're gonna fake it tonight, but we're gonna you know put you in that right mindset, try and force that right mindset. Yeah, I think especially with how nervous I get as well. You, you know, get you think get, about yeah, how nervous. nervous. I do get very nervous. Yeah, and then it's, it's that thing. I mean, probably the same for everyone. You know, as soon as your name gets called and you go up, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is right. I'm, I'm kind of good, but definitely into that kind of like geeing <laughs> myself and <laughs> getting That's myself a, a little bit psyched for the occasion. Yeah, and I sort of tell you know, like I do it as a bit of a talk to myself thing. Like, you know, go on, Chris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I do that. I do that. I do that. Yeah. I remember once um, I bombed really bad at the powwow room at the first time I was ever there. Mm. And I came back and had a mediocre set like a month later. Like not a great set, but mediocre. 
Yeah. And I went into I went into the bathroom, looked at myself in the mirror, I was like, fucking did it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, look now, I'm like, oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, Shannon, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no. Yeah. But that was that was me buzzing for the night because I yeah. didn't bomb and I was like, I beat it. I beat the powwow room. <laughs> yeah. Now I fucking love it. I love that spot now. <laughs> My you know f- I mean? when I started out, I think the first five gigs, six of gigs I did were like I was like, oh, I couldn't really. I just couldn't break it. I couldn't get that like reaction that I was really after. And then the one time, and you know, when I finally got that one, and I just and the audience just just kind of loved it. And I got in my car and I was like a child, just screaming and fist pumping and like it's just an amazing feeling. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think we, we've, it's funny. The, the more you talk about what how y- your experience is stand up, it just seems to just ping back to me. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah. the first time I did it. I was like, I was okay. I'd started out strong and then just died, but I didn't care. And then it took me like four or five other times. And then I got it on like the fifth or sixth time. Yeah. Uh, where that was killing to me at the time, where I got like consistent and a few really big laughs. Mm. And I was like, yeah. yeah. And also a bit of relief, hey? Like, yeah, oh, I, like, oh, I f- can make I can make this work. Yeah. 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 And then I spent ages trying to get that back. <laughs> it just <laughs> <Yeah>. didn't. <laughs> I was yeah, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 Um okay, I think yeah. we are we're about an hour and twenty five minutes in, so that's um oh, wow. still going. Um God, who's imagine if people were listening to this, I wonder if they're still here now, like listening and going, Yeah, I've had an hour and twenty eight and okay, that so was enough. <laughs> for the people that are, because I know people do watch the episodes. Right? Does, it, do you, does it tell you how long they watch yeah, it for? It does. Oh, okay. So, right, so right, I right. know people who are coming up to me in the street going, I listen to your podcast are oh. fucking liars. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the average the average listen time is thirteen minutes. So a lot of people you're being very fucking nice, but you're lying. Oh, and we didn't even speak about comedy in the first thirteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we if, you, if you're still here, thanks for... Yeah, if you're still here, <laughs> Mum, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, you're going to be at my show on the 21st... Uh, oh, no, I'm in trouble now. I've said my show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and Gav's show. Uh, Gav's and mine show. It's really Gav's show. I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> Newtown Social yeah. Club on the 21st. Where else are you, what else are you doing? Next week. I don't know when this will go out. But it's going to be out on Sunday. So oh, on cool. the, Okay. Uh, I really shouldn't be using the computer. Yeah. Is it? It'll be out on the ninth. Nice. Well, if you're watching on the ni- if you're listening on the ninth, and uh, I'm ho- um, hosting the uh, raw meat Monday on the Monday, and I'm hosting the medicine on the Wednesday, and then I've and got the twelfth. I'm on, on that night as well. Tw- oh, lovely stuff. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay. Know, yeah. That's pretty much a wrap, Chris. Ah. Oh. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.